The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow, will to His Majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Sheltered from the coming storm While you have breath 
you have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. That's a terrifying statement. This was the real God of heaven. Many people today have all sorts of opinions. They have scorn for the Christian faith. They don't know that God intervenes in time and space and history. They don't know that the wickedness of their own heart can be exposed in a moment before this holy God and that judgment will come upon them. This word of the Lord God was not Jonah's word. It was the Lord God himself who spoke that word. He said, go to that great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. The wickedness of every man and every woman and every nation will come up before the judgment bar of God. And there he will make a decision concerning you, your nation. That decision, before the final judgment, brings consequences. There are in the heavenly realms set in place laws If they are violated, they can bring very painful judgments. God sees what you do. He saw what you did yesterday and the day before, and it's all cumulative. And when finally your cup of wickedness is full, God has to intercede. He must bring some kind of judgment upon you and upon your people. And when he does, everything is going to change. Now Jonah hears the word of the Lord. He hears the clear direction to go to Nineveh and preach 
what the Lord God of heaven puts on his heart because their wickedness has come up before him. But Jonah refuses to do what the Lord has asked him to do or commanded him to do, and he runs. He went to a ship on the coast bound for a port, Tarshish, and he boards that ship, and he has loose lips. Who are you? Where are you going? Common conversation for travelers. And he says, I'm running from my Lord. I'm running from my God. Oh, interesting. He gets on, finally boards, and they leave the port. And as they leave the port, God sends a storm after Jonah. Has God ever sent a storm after you in your life? Something to get your attention? Jonah was God's man. Jonah was a prophet. He was the spokesman for God. But God sent a messenger after him. He was running because his beliefs about God were wrong. And he will send a judgment against the pastors and preachers in America because lies have been preached about our God. And those lies will result in many people dying in the final judgment. I believe God is about to send a violent storm after the pastors of the Lord. The ship is threatening to break up in the high wind and the huge waves that are crashing over the bow. The sailors are terrified. They each begin to cry out to their own God. And then they begin to try to lighten the ship. And so they begin to cast that very valuable cargo over the side into the ocean. This is going to be a very expensive trip for the owner of that ship. It's trouble that Jonah, a servant of God, has brought on the owner of the ship. As they throw the cargo over, they begin to wonder, who brought this trouble on us? What's going on here? Now, I want you to see something. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. I think that is exactly where the American church is today. The storm is breaking on this nation. It looks like our financial system is finally cracking and will be destroyed. There is an atomic war being threatened. Missiles. Nuclear war. And the church 
is down below deck, sound asleep. The captain finally goes to Jonah, and he says to him, How can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us, and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let's cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell to Jonah. Jonah was responsible for what was happening, and the church today is directly responsible for what's happening in America. The pastors gave up preaching against sodomy and included the gay flag and all the other perversions, welcomed them into the American church, taught the American church that they could still sin and be saved. Hey, go to sleep. Everything's okay. Don't worry about the storms. Don't worry that everything is crashing, that there's war and threats of war on every hand. There's poverty. Grocery stores are losing all of their stock. The prices are going up. Don't worry about it. Go to sleep. Everything will be better after by and by. They couldn't have been more wrong. The sailors said to each other, let's cast lots. And God made the lot fall on Jonah. And they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all of this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What's your country? From what people are you? And he answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. They asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he'd already told them his loose lips had flapped. You know, I I meet people who, according to James, the third chapter, have no business teaching or doing videos because they have a tongue that they can't control. And they'll say whatever they want, wherever they want, and whenever they want. And they start fires, they start trouble, they they begin to create dissatisfaction in the church. Well, that was Jonah. The sea is getting rougher and rougher. They finally ask him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up. Throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault and that this great storm, it has come upon you. They didn't want to throw him overboard because they knew that meant he would die. So they did their best to row back to land, but they could not get to the land. 
for the sea had become even wilder than before. They cried out to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, O Lord. You have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And they watched. I'm sure as he was roiled by the sea, rolled up and down, one moment below the water, the next being pushed up and the next disappearing again until finally he was gone. He was totally gone. They offered a sacrifice of some kind to the Lord and they made vows of service if he would save them. The Lord provided a great fish. He swallowed Jonah. Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. It matters to God what decisions you make. It matters to God what you say and do. God is watching. And just because you have not heard the word of the Lord does not mean that you are free to go as you please. God has rules. And when you break those rules, there is a penalty. Some of you think, I can sleep with anyone I choose to sleep with. I can even shack up if that's what I choose. Because God is a God of love. God loves me, and he loves you, and everything is okay. We're covered by the blood of Jesus, so God doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. So you're free to to live your life as you choose. And frankly, all that's going to happen to you is you might lose a few rewards in heaven but you certainly are going to heaven. Now let me take this a step further, please. This morning in the early hours, the Lord spoke to me. I mean early hours. He said to me, go deeper. Go deeper with me. Well, so Lord, how do I go deeper with you? By promptly obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You go deeper with God by repenting of all known sin. You go deeper with God by cutting off every activity that you have a check in your spirit about. You go deeper with God you go deeper with God when you immediately, promptly obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit and you go deeper with God by proclaiming publicly the name of Jesus Christ among your friends, among people. 
You do not hide that you are a Christian. You humbly confess the name of Jesus. These are the four key elements for going deeper with God. These come from Evan Roberts, who led the Great Revival. These are the conditions that must be met before revival can come. Now, you see, here's the difficulty. We live at a time when the world is to us like a smorgasbord. It is laden. The table of the Lord, the table of America, is loaded down with all kinds of wonderful food. The table is laden with every kind of possibility that you might want. It is laden with jobs that pay very well. The table is laden before us with restaurants that we love, with coffee shops that we love, with things to buy that will make our life much easier, new cars, new this, new that, houses and lands. America has had everything they could possibly have desired laid out before them with the opportunity to purchase, to participate in. Video games to play, movies to watch. Someone asked me, Pastor, do you watch movies? No, I don't. Well, Pastor, what about Christian movies like The Chosen? Do you watch that? I did. Until I saw what was happening in my mind. I saw how I was beginning to look at Scripture through the lens of The Chosen. And then I began to see the ungodliness of what it was teaching me. And it was seducing me. It was drawing me away from the heart of God. It was drawing me away from the knowledge that only Scripture through the Holy Spirit can give a person. I saw the lifestyle of of the people who were involved in making that movie. I saw the place where it was filmed on Mormon property. In other words, I'm saying that you have many choices of what you can take a hold of. And the problem we have is that we can't go deeper with God when our when our appetite is being filled by everything of this world, even things that really aren't that bad or perhaps are not bad at all. Because our hearts are filled. God will finally have to get our attention as he has mine. You want to go deeper with God? 
See, Jonah did not go deep with God. He fought with God. He disagreed with God. He had opinions, strong opinions. And he was going to follow his opinion about God. We're so quick to make judgments. Oh, you've done this and you've said this. and Opinions and judgments are not worth a hill of beans. Give up your judgments. Give up your opinions. Give up your lifestyle of comfort. Fast. Pray. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to a coffee shop. But every day? Really? We fill our hearts and we fill our lives. And there's no room to go deeper with God. So here's Jonah rolling around inside of a fish's belly. And sometimes that putrid water of half-digested fish is sweeping over his head. And then seaweed begins to get wrapped around his head. Can you imagine him in the dark? clutching at what it is on his head, not knowing if it's a crab, not knowing if it's a snake. This is a huge fish. Inside the fish, Jonah finally begins to pray. But I want to tell you, Jonah does not begin to pray Until he can't get his breath and he recognizes if something doesn't happen, he's going to die. Now, I'm sure that did not take place on day one. I don't think he turned to the Lord on day two, but I suspect sometime on day three, he finally came to his senses. What will it take for you to finally come to your senses and stop being a consumer in America and begin to be a producer for the kingdom of Jesus Christ? When will you lose your selfishness? When will you cast down your reputation? Jonah was very concerned about his reputation. After all, he was a prophet of God. But now he's dying. And it's God who has done it. It was God who sent the storm after that ship. It was God who had him cast overboard. It was God who caused that fish to swallow him. In my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, 
into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. See, he recognizes now that this is God moving. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me and surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. But you brought you brought my life up from the pit, O oh Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. The Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So here's Jonah, covered with fish vomit, vomited out onto dry ground. I'm sure he lay on that ground, grasping for breath knowing that it was God who had put him there. And he didn't understand it because his image of God was that God was always loving and always kind, always merciful, never with justice. God was Santa Claus. God was not this stern judge that had suddenly dealt with him so suddenly out in the water. He thought he could escape this loving God. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. Whoa. All that drama. But the message is still the same. Go tell them I'm going to destroy their city in 40 days. I'm going to kill them. Because their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, and he went to Nineveh. I seriously doubt if he got a change of clothing. He may have waded back into the ocean and washed himself as best he could. Nineveh was a very important city of that day. A visit required three days. In other words, it took three days to walk through that city from one side to the other. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. In other words, it will be utterly annihilated. It will be destroyed. You will die. The Ninevites believed God. And they declared a fast. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And when the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. He took off his royal robes, 
covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in the dust and he issued a proclamation to Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let men and beasts be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give you to give up your evil ways and your violence. Who knows, God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. I want to tell you, God is exceedingly angry with America. We are a sodomite nation. We have become utterly perverse. You are going to see I don't want to even say it. Pedophilia will begin to rule the day. Animal mates will begin to rule the day for humans. Every wicked thing is coming through into America right now. And God is very angry. And he's even more angry with the church because we have not confronted the wickedness in our nation. We have joined it. We're called the church of Laodicea in scripture, the comfortable, lazy Laodicea. He gives us very specific direction on what he wants us to do. We're in trouble. You think you're fine? You have all this entertainment? You have all these movies and video games and you have all of this pleasure? You have all of this shopping? You have all of these things? You're wealthy? What could ever happen to America? America will be destroyed. Utterly destroyed. For she is Babylon. She is the great whore that rides on the beast of Revelation 18. When God saw that they they did turn, they turned from their evil ways, they turned from their wicked violence. He had compassion, and he did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. But again, Jonah is now greatly displeased and very angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah knows who God is. 
but he doesn't know really who God is. He has the same view of God as Americans do. God will never do anything to us. He will never punish us. He loves us. And so you have the gospel of love, 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 love. But God is also just. And God will allow sin to only go so far. And then he he sends his word. That if you do not turn and repent, you will be destroyed. If you know any history of this world, you know that you can push God over the edge. And you can push God over the edge with violence and sexual wickedness, impurity, sodomy. God will only allow a person to fill their cup so full. And then he takes them out. Yes, he will call to repentance. Yes, he will confront. But even those who belong to the Lord, and he wants them to come close to him, he will bring judgments. And if you do not turn, he will destroy you. Jonah is angry because God has not kept his word that he sent Jonah to preach because the people repented and God relented. The Lord Hears his heart saying, I would rather die than be shamed by my word of judgment being carried out. Well, wait a minute. It's not his word of judgment. It's God's word of judgment. Oh, but he has a reputation to keep. Someone might say, oh, you're a false prophet. Your word did not come true. You said in 40 days this city would be destroyed. He didn't preach the rest of what he knew. That if you repent and turn from your wicked ways, the Lord will relent from destroying you. No, these were Israel's enemies. He wanted them killed. He wanted this wicked city to be destroyed. Oh, my brother, my sister. We're not the agents of wrath that carry out judgment on the wicked. We're not the judge. Jesus makes a decision when he will destroy and when he will redeem. I want you to know that you are in the same danger place that Nineveh was in. Jonah didn't know it, but he was in the same place Nineveh was in. And the command of God was to repent. And so God now begins to deal with Jonah 
in his mercy and kindness. He begins to deal with Jonah with such compassion and love. And I want to say today, the God of heaven, our Father who is in heaven, Jesus, so compassionate, so filled with love and mercy, so slow to anger. But he will bring judgment. He will bring judgment on your life if you don't much more deeply enter into Jesus Christ. This is not a superficial pat on the head, good boy. No, this is full-blown judgment that's coming upon America and upon the American church. We have sinned desperately against the Lord our God. And then on top of that, we've availed ourselves of every entertainment. I'll never forget the first time I walked into a church to have a concert. They were hosting a concert, a sacred concert. I went in, only discovered that they were charging a ticket price. I said to them, what is this? Isn't this the house of the Lord? And you want me to buy a ticket like a common theater? They were offended that I would even ask. Needless to say, I turned and walked out, and I never have gone to one of those concerts. My heart is, my heart is desperately sore. The word of the Lord to America is repent. Repent. Else you be destroyed. The Lord, in his tenderness and mercy, speaks now. He says to Jonah, have you any right to be angry? Jonah didn't even answer. He was too angry to even speak to God. So Joseph, Jonah went out and he sat down east of the city. There he made himself shelter. He sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah. Some of those vines can grow very, very quickly, almost can watch them grow. This vine gave shade for his head to ease his discomfort. I want you to see, Jonah didn't just leave. He was staying there and holding God accountable to do what he said he was going to do. Jonah was very pleased about that vine. It brought shade to his head. But at dawn the next day, 
God provided a worm, a cutworm. It chewed the vine so that it withered. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. He's angry. He's very angry with God. God said to Jonah, Do you have a right to be angry about this vine? I do, he said. I'm angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You've been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it. You didn't make it grow. It sprang up overnight, and it died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? And you can almost hear Jonah shout at God, No, you should not be concerned. You should destroy them. Oh, my brother, my sister, I want to tell you the good news first. God is very, very concerned about you. Most of you listening to this broadcast have numbed out on the world, the flesh, and the devil all the while claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ, all the time saying, look, God is love. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. But your first and greatest concern is the vine that shades your head with coolness and air conditioning, comfortableness. And if God were suddenly to take away the the electricity in America, if God were suddenly to remove all of the food, you couldn't get gasoline. If God suddenly moved on America and brought us into such a crisis where our money all fails, and the banks go under. Would you say God was being harsh with us? All of those things will happen when God is ready for them to happen. But I want to tell you, they will happen as mercy from God to try to bring the church into a place where it will repent of its love of the world. God will bring judgment to try to turn our hearts toward what is real. And that is the mercy and the love and the compassion of our wonderful God and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you want to be comfortable. You don't want the discomfort of summer heat in your house. 
Oh, I don't either. Please hear me. I don't either. But I'd rather that than the fires of God to burn and consume us, which would be justice. You see what I'm saying? I've been praying, Lord. Whatever judgment you bring upon my heart and my life, whatever judgment you bring upon me to wake me up and to take my slumber away and cause me to earnestly dig deep with you, Jesus, spending hours in Scripture, spending hours praying, spending hours fasting, whatever God has to do to get my attention and to take away my opinions and take away my judgments. He is totally justified. These last days have been very uncomfortable for me. I've been saying, Lord, thank you. I praise your name, Jesus. Bring me deep. Bring me deep. Don't let me walk as Jonah, trying to protect my reputation so that people will not look at Jonah and say, you said Nineveh would be destroyed. And look, you you did not speak the truth. You are not a real prophet of God. He was very concerned about his reputation. The Lord said to me, Ray, drop all sense of importance. Drop all sense of importance. Have no concern for your reputation or loss thereof. Jesus was treated as a devil. Jesus was castigated, scorned, and finally crucified. He was a man of sorrows. That was my Jesus. And I want to be somebody important. I think so. I want to feast on all the marketplace of America. Vanity Fair? I don't think so. How about you? Let's pray. Lord, I brought the message today that you gave me to bring. I ask that this message would be heard and that men and women would respond with with humble hearts. That people would give up their judgments and their opinions and seek your face. I pray, Lord, that people who hear this message will earnestly search after you and will turn away from Vanity Fair. Lord, I praise your holy you are a God of, of such love 
and such compassion. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I invite you to write to me. The address is Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, it's National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also write to me at the church that is also my home. And my address there is Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Well, we're out of time for today. God bless you. I love you. Jesus loves you. I'll talk to you soon. Joy.